Who are these people? These faces? Where do they come from? They look like caricatures of used car dealers from Dallas. And sweet Jesus, there are a hell of a lot of them at 4.30 on a Sunday morning. Still humping the American dream. That vision of the big winner somehow emerging from the last-minute pre-dawn chaos of a stale Vegas casino. Peekaboo, you fucks, you. I see you, you motherfucker. Do you want to talk, or do you want to bet? We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered water acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, lappers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, kind of raw ether, two dozen animals. Having cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets so sensitive. Thanks a lot, Vinmod. Welcome, everybody, to Vegas Confessions, episode 28. Tonight, we have two-thirds of the three Las Vegas Amigos, uh, but we're uh, we're going to have a good time. So on today's show, we've got emails and uh, voicemails and a couple of requests to fulfill and um, a little story at the end. There you go. Yeah, you know, sometimes this happens, I guess, man, where, you know, all of us just can't get together. We've explained in the last episodes where it just, man, life has caught up to a certain point. Um, But we took a team meeting, decided, you know, you guys need the content. We're going to make it happen. And, uh, you know, every now and again, I think that's going to go on. It's not the best situation, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. So we'll see what we can do. You know how you can make it better, Shane? How can I make it better, sir? Everybody loves Julian's laugh. So, <laughs> so should I so piece if, it in there? <laughs> so yeah. So if you were to you know go back into old content and just pull some of his laughs, and then just whenever something funny occurs, just kind of splice in a Jay laugh. Oh my god! I think that makes the show work. And you know, I think that as long as I don't make it look like oh next we're going to talk about it, <laughs> and then it, that might feel a little weird. We'll see what the what the editing purposes look like. And bear with me on my side too. By the way, you know I building that i'm living in is evidently falling apart so every now and again you might hear some in the back but you know apologize for the noise but we um yeah we'll go from there you know we'll try to see if we can throw at least some of jules laughs in there here and there um how you been man good good real good good what about you not too bad like i said things are slowing down you know we're getting closer to november and uh things are things are working out so you know not the end of the world but um I've got some shout outs here and I'm going to go ahead and throw some of these. And I know Eric has some on his, his site as well. Um, the first one's going to be to Jeff. So Jeff evidently is a very loyal listener to our podcast. And, uh, as Vegas confessions, uh, we would like to apologize for the fact that you spit coffee up all over your dashboard in your car. Are, are, are bad. So <laughs> evidently, the last episode, uh, for those of you kind of caught up and listening, I, I threw a Celine Dion song, I think, in the end to kind of close everything out. And uh, once he heard that, it was it was just all over. So, you know, send us a detailed bill if needed, sir. But, you know, hopefully, you know, you enjoyed that anyway. I thought that was kind of cool. 
Um, also, a quick note on, and we don't do a lot of news, but this is something that's kind of cool because we have other people that run in our group that are comedians. They do different things. You know, they had a, the underground move-in over in Vegas that, that opened up new. Well, this is something new that's happening. Um, the Link Promenade is going to actually open a Jimmy Kimmel nightclub in the spring of 2019. Uh, it's really neat because now it's another venue where people can go and they can perform. Uh, they're saying it's supposed to be seven nights a week, and that is awesome. You know, Keith Lyle, keep that keep that in mind. That's just somewhere else that you can you can do your performances. And last but not least, I wanted to talk about National Podcast Day, uh, which I Eric, did you know? Because I had no fucking clue that that was the day. I, I still don't know that today. <laughs> Fidelity, somebody said I'm, that I'm was I'm learning today. right now. <laughs> well, September 30th was National Podcasters Day. And, uh, you know, I found out just from other listeners who listen to us and da-da-da. And a big shout-out to kind of Mitch Mitchell because he he was the one that said, hey, for all these podcasts that uh, has given us enjoyment and, and everything else throughout the, throughout the time, um, we were one of them. You know, so I thought that was really kind of cool and other people liked it and other people kind of pitched on board. Um, that's why we do this and, eh, you know, it, it's a little, little feather in the cap. So those are my shout outs on my side, man. What do you got? So first shout out uh, goes to Shaggy Boiler. He's at Shane Rogers 92. Uh, he's actually reached out a couple of times. Um, and this is the first time I'm, I'm mentioning him. Shane probably should have been mentioned before. Um, listens to the show, gave a lot of good feedback. Nice guy. Nice speaking with him. Um, also, Rick Diderato at Rick D11. I met him first at Gamble Palooza. Then I met him again at Oceans AC, and he's another one who uh, reaches out pretty regularly. Um, no, he's a listener. Um, he gets mentioned on, uh, cousin Vito's podcast every now and then, uh, we should show him some love as well. Cool. And, and a generic, um, shout out to, there, there were at least, I don't know, 10, 15 people that, uh, were encouraging more rants. Apparently, <laughs> uh, they, they like the rantier side of Vegas confessions. <laughs> I got that. <clears throat> yeah. Well, there on, on DM there, there were like. Quite a few. So uh, instead of mentioning all of these names, um, I'm not going to manufacture a rant, but when something is rant worthy, uh, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, I have not received any feedback from the do for a win boys. So, uh, you know, Craig, if, if you're getting emails telling you like to cut out the rant, you got to let me know. So we gotta, we gotta keep it balanced. Dude, evidently that is, does that make you sad or glad that, that people just want to hear you fucking rave off the rails? Is that a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. I mean, as long (laughs) as I don't have to pretend, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, if I could be legit and listen, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Jew from New York. Like we get a little ranty that that's kind of part of, uh, you're being very stereotypical, sir. You know, you need uh, you need to knock that uh, shit well, off. Well, you know what? Stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason because <laughs> That's true. they're right more often than they're wrong. It doesn't <laughs> mean that every stereotype is accurate all the time, but it means if you got to take a guess. The stereotype will actually lead you in the right direction, and that's not a bad thing when you're trying to understand something. Yeah, well right? said. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so you know we can we can be politically correct, and there's no need to offend anybody. But yeah, I mean that's kind of where these stereotypes <laughs> come from. Anyway, that that was certainly not part of uh, 
planned for the episode. Uh, but to those of you that want to hear more rants, uh, I get a feeling in time to come, there'll be another one. Um, what else? Oh, so Taylor, Dr. Taylor Jew. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also Jewish, by the way, but he's J O O I S H Jewish. We had a discussion request. So Dr. Taylor Jew of the, uh, Taylor and Tara fame. Correct. Um, he wanted to know that uh, if his mailer offer is being downgraded for no apparent reason after two years of consistent play, should I take a break from this particular casino? Hmm. Okay. So provide some context. We were talking on gambling with an edge about casino promotions and offers. And essentially what happens is that casinos and their marketing departments are looking for the low watermark of what they can offer you in order to get you to come back in. Now, let okay. me ask you a quick question there. Yep. Do all mm-hmm. casinos do the same similar? Or like is, is there – what am I trying to say? Is there the, the set pattern that they all do the same thing or is it just how they each one operate and they kind of operate – off one another. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a stereotype. It's not always true, but generally true. Um, yeah. So marketing departments can always do their own thing and they change things up all the time. But in general, uh, what's happening is when you're new to a property, they're going to reinvest heavily to bring you back in. Okay. Okay. And if you stay for a long, if you stay away for a long time, they generally increase what they're offering you to get you to come back in and everywhere in between they're looking for, you know, what's the least we can give you to keep you happy. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Right. So for Taylor, who's asking, uh, you know, he's been getting, uh, Lower offers after two years of consistent play, should I stay away? There's a little bit more to this question than what you're asking. Um, But if it's important to you that you're getting the best offer and it's not important to you that you're staying at that property, then, yeah, that's probably the right way to go. If you stay away for about a six-month period of time, you should see a spike in what they're offering you. Now, that's all things being equal, right? So um, if you stay away for six months and this doesn't increase an offer, it might just be that they're reducing what they're offering you. Your demographics could have changed. Um, You know, the distance from you to the casino is one of many, many variables that they use. So there's a lot of things that could trigger this reduction. Um, But it's one of those things that people... I guess they don't think about it. They find a place that they like, they stick with it, and you know they take what they get, which is fine. If you're a creature of habit and that's more important to you, that you're comfortable with your surroundings, then do that. Uh, but for the purpose of maximizing uh, offers and promotions, you're really better served to not be there that often, or at least to show up in their system that often. If you're giving huh. them bigger play on less trips, uh, they tend to offer a lot more to get you back than somebody who's there regularly. Right. 
And if you think of it from the casino's point of view, it makes sense. If you're here regularly, why would I give you a lot to come back? Right. I assume you're going to come back anyway. And when we get to the point that you stop coming back, then I'll offer you a little bit more to bring you back in. Yeah, that's kind of like a relationship, isn't it? In its own little yeah. way, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, you know, I guess, I guess that's... Um, there may be some truth to that. <laughs> too sad. There it is too sad. Truth. But honey, you're ignoring me. No, I'm not. I'm I'm here every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. So, um, Taylor, I don't know if that, that fully answers your question, but uh, I think it'll lead you down the right path. Um, it, oh, you know what? Let me expand on that a little bit more. So, for practical purposes, I've now decided that there are places where the offers matter to me and there are places where the offers don't matter to me and the places where the offers don't matter to me. Um, I'm less likely to care about how much action I give them while I'm there. Right. So that can be read as Caesar's entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, well played, sir. (laughs) Well, you know, so if, Caesars offers me a room and food, then I'll take the room and food. Um, but if, uh, when I think is a good example where I don't go there very often, but when I go there, I make sure to give them play. I get a lot more bang for my buck that way. Gotcha. And I think most people don't go to Vegas as often as I do. So if you're only going to Vegas a couple of times a year to begin with, then you know you don't need properties that you'll burn and properties that you'll take care of just when you go you play and you know the the time between visits will take care of itself so the best case scenario then for somebody who you know hypothetically so we're say they're going to vegas every three times a year not two really so it's not the strategy of being for mutual agreeing to one property where that one property that's your exclusive it's really good idea to kind of float around and have a few to go around with for what you want to what you want to gain yeah so in that scenario most people who don't have a uh local casino that is tied into the same network as uh las vegas properties let's assume you're only going on a casino trip three times a year you're probably not playing enough to get tier benefits. So tier shouldn't matter. And they're going to make offers based on your ADT, your average daily theoretical and, you know, have a good average and your offers will be good. You don't have to focus on staying away. You know, Taylor goes to Vegas. I mean, I don't, I don't keep a, his calendar. I was going to say you whip out in your back pocket. I, I I mean, I know of probably at least four or five trips a year that he goes on and it might be more than that. And that's, you know, that's a number where you're certainly not staying away for six months. If you know, he's always staying at the same place. Right. Um, Taylor and Tara regularly tout GVR. So I'm going to assume his question is, uh, if Green Valley is lowering my offers, should I be staying away from there? You're you're probably better off having a couple of different networks where you have a relationship and you have play history that can then be used um, or parlayed into something else. 
And what that something else is, is going to depend on what you're looking for. And there's no way I can answer that for, uh, you know, this broad audience. No, that's an individual thing. I mean, that's really what they're looking for and what they're, you know, what they, some people, different things where they want that, that comp night or where they want fruit, whatever the offer may be. Right. But if I was going more than twice a year, I'd definitely not stay at the same place over and over again. I'd share the wealth. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That's all I, to me anyway. Yeah. So hopefully you that know, answers the question. We we should turn this into a uh into a segment, right? This should be um so what's like uh let's let's come up with a name that's like Dear Abby, but it has Hebrew Hammer in it. <laughs> hey hey Hebrew Hammer. Hey Hebrew Abby, Hammer, right? Hey Hebrew Hammer, I got a question. Is is there a Jewish slang we can put on and uh Hebrew Hammer pretty much is is about as Jewish as we can get. That's already in the in the title, I think. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, no, we can do. It seems like you're getting a lot of those, and you, sir, well, you have that experience, and that's the thing. So people like that reach out where they can get that information and go from point A. And again, everybody's looking for something different in Vegas and and what it is. But it uh, it seems like you got the you got the one up on you know how to make rewards work for you and fuck Caesars. So seems to work out well. Uh-huh. <laughs> now I got to find a Jewish theme song to lead you into. Oh, that's too much. Uh, <laughs> you want to queue up Magoose Call? <laughs> there you go. Not really, but yeah, I will. I think it's awesome. Right. Um, that's cool, dude. Well, thanks. And yeah, hopefully, Taylor, that kind of answers, um, you know, that answers your, your question with everything there. Um, we have another call, and, and actually, this is a little short side on we got a slew of calls in a, in a small amount of time. Um, we did have an ask, what, two episodes ago? Julian had brought up a good thing about, you know, what's your first thing you do when you go to Vegas? You know, everybody has a has a, a practice or a tradition or, you know, whatever it is, you know, superstition, whatever you want to call it. They get into Vegas, most people have this these steps that they do. Um, and we got some good feedback on that. This is one that we got feedback on. Um, and again, he's a... Uh, um, he's been listening to us. We, we've met him on, on some events. Um, fantastic guy. Um, stand by. Yes, of course they're serious. You do? You have? Thank you. We got one! What's going on? It's uh, Magoo at Gambling Magoo. Uh, I heard your question about how people start their Vegas vacation. I thought I'd chime in. Uh, as you know me, every task is uh, timed, and it's always my mission to beat that time and get to the VP bar uh, as soon as possible for that first drink. I always sit near the front of the plane. Uh, I always pack only a backpack, as I require uh, very few hair products. And uh, I've been known to jog through the terminal while arranging a lift on my phone. Uh, once I get to my room, I I actually put the backpack in the tub, turn on all the lights, peel up the sheets and mattress protector, and check for dun 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 bed bugs. Uh, luckily, I've yet to find any. Uh, as soon as that's done, I grab a wad of cash and my player's card, run down to the VP, tackling uh, any old people in my way. Sip in a hundo, order a drink, and I always take a picture of that first drink sitting beside the VP machine. Uh, thanks a lot for the podcast. Cheers, guys. Take care. 
Magoo. Thanks for calling in, buddy. I don't know who needs hair products less, you or me. It's uh, <laughs> probably a coin flip. Um, so that's that's something. You know, I've never encountered bed bugs. Um, now that I've said that, oh, you're jinx now. Oh boy, now it's done. But you better you better call the plaza and tell them to double check <laughs> before we get there. Um, so that's kind of cool. Like I get it. All right, it's a backpack in the bathtub. That makes sense. Strip the room down. Um, what a cash. I wonder why the first drink, uh, is picture worthy. Is it a special drink or is it just the first drink in Vegas? I think that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. The first, the first thing you're down to relax, you got all your shit done and bam, that's the first part of just being relaxed and ready to go. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, time to beat 23 minutes. Go ahead, Magoo. (laughs) Yeah, I love I love him to death, and and again he you know he's come to a couple of events that we've had, uh, and for those of you who remember, he had this fucking list. It looked like it was a periodic table of elements, like it was all laid out. Everything had a time. Everything had a you know, and I and I think he was what eighty percent successful with that. It blew us away, but he did pretty good with what he had scheduled. I thought he is a master of efficiency. So, uh, good on you, and uh, thanks for calling in. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Thank you, sir. Um, you had another update, I think, on your side, right, man? Yeah, so uh, it's a little bit of an update. So, a uh, couple of people uh, have joined me on my quest to figure out this VegasFanboy.com <laughs> new site owner. Uh, so, Kid Dakota reached out. Uh, Mark Duvall reached out. Uh, there were one or two others that uh, are escaping my mind. So, um, you know, we're looking at the registration information. I tried calling the number. The address on the registration isn't a real address. The street doesn't exist in the city that uh, is listed on there. Um, this guy's picture is on different websites. So, you know, whether it's somebody from the community or not, you know, there's something a little fishy here. So, um, I'm going to keep my eye on VegasFanboy.com. If I can find the guy, I'm going to throw a <laughs> bag over his head and let Adam Bauer do what he did to, uh, Vegas bun boy, uh, uh, get his revenge. Um, and that wasn't pretty. Yeah. I'm glad I wasn't present for that. that uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that could get ugly. Anyway, uh, to all the people who reached out to me, I, I'm apparently the uh, uh, I'm the one carrying the torch. Um, so I, I need some other people with pitchforks to come with me. Um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't look like um, anybody I'd want to do business with. That's for sure. But uh, he's not asking for money anywhere. That's so weird. So, that's just so weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's odd. It's odd, and it's a shame to me because even if Adam wasn't using it, that website, like, uh, I don't want a shitty person to have it. So, it almost uh, sounds like it's a. Could it be just a a group of some sort that just snagged it because they know that in the future it might be worth something, and it, well, like it a marketing be, thing. It could just you know you can see how much traffic a website generates. So it could just be that this domain is available. And it had traffic, so somebody yeah. picked it up. Somebody grabbed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm. So, but like, you know, the 
picture of the guy on the about me could just be some guy, <laughs> right? Like, remember, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kid Dakota sent us a picture of another website with the same guy on it. Uh-huh. And then when we looked at that information, the information didn't match up. So, I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to leave it at I don't know, but I'm still not super thrilled about it. No, and that's, you know, and it's still a bummer, but I'll tell you what, you might have your torch. I'll be right behind you with the lighter to make sure that that stays lit. You know, you know what? We'll see what happens. See, that's what friendship's all about, right, my friend? That's right. I'll hold the ladder any day for you. Any day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> and the search goes on. It is Halloween, so it is spooky mystery season. So, you know, maybe this is our uh, our Scooby-Doo adventure that we we didn't anticipate. We'll see what happens. We're good at those, aren't we? I think so. We ran into a few, yeah. actually. So, you yeah. know, and most of them have... Uh, I don't think there's been, what, a couple limbs that's been sacrificed? Not a lot. Nobody died. I think right. we're fine. And, yeah. and none of our own limbs. So, I, I mean... I could care less yeah, if it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's Everybody has two arms. Come on, people. Anyway. <laughs> suck it up, pussies. So, we also have an email, too. Um, and this is something that uh, was written to us. Well, mainly it's about the trip that we're in November. And uh, I think Eric has some follow-up on it, too. But um, really cool. So, we want to kind of address this as well. So, hey, guys. So, happy you planned Ocean 14 around New Jersey Teacher Convention, which that was a surprise right there because I didn't think New Jersey had a teacher's convention and or teachers. But, you know, eggs on my face. We have the whole week off and I'll be out from the 2nd to the 10th. Uh, I'm going to be at Link five nights, then Golden Nugget two nights, and should ask about Friday at the Plaza. I talked to Eric, but I'm sure I short played in the downtown stroll if they pulled my name. Although now that I rethink this, my name is so common, so not sure. I think scootering sounds fun. Uh, And yes, thank you for that reminder. We are scootering around, which, yes. Who's scootering? I don't know. I'm not scootering. You just said we're, you're not scootering. I'm I'm not not sure. We're, we're, can we make a non-scootering protest on the scootering? Who are you kidding, Shane? Jay is going to (laughs) scooter. He will, totally he will. So, have a good one. Just want to let you know, I don't put the entire key folio in my purse, but yes, I'm part of the 10% because I rip out the room number and put that in my wallet. There you go. We were asking who that was, and there you are. I also take the picture. I always like the bed further from the door, if there are two, and line up the shoes beside the window. The first night, I'm usually exhausted because I work on the East Coast from 6.30 to 2.30, then fly out. So, keep it pretty mellow on the first night. I love waking up fresh for day two. As do we as well. Thanks for my morning commute entertainment today. Angela Caruso. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks for writing in, Angela. So, funny enough, I was with Angela last weekend. And, uh, well, let me, that probably sounded wrong. (laughs) So, there, there, there were a group of us that met up in Atlantic City last weekend. Uh, as it turned out, a friend of the show, Michael Traeger, was in town, and he flies in from London, so he doesn't get to Atlantic City all that often. So uh, we made it a point to meet up with him. Um, and Angela was one of the people that were there. Um, our buddy Ed uh, at Scan Seven Twenty, which, by the way. Uh, Ed's 33 pool, uh, which has been mentioned on the show before, 
Uh, I cashed in it last week to the tune of $990. So thank oh, you, nice. Ed. Cool. That was, yeah, that was good. Um, so Ed and his wife were there, a um, bunch of other people. Anyway, uh, we were hanging out on the side of uh, high limit tables at the Borgata. There's this little like sitting area and a prostitute <laughs> approaches the group. <laughs> Here we go. And Michael, I'm not, I'm not even sure what he asked, but I turn around and this woman lifts up her shirt and her breasts are hanging out. And she had these like big dollar sign um, <laughs> nipple piercings. I guess I'm going to call them. Uh, I, be- I like I was I was pretty drunk, but there there are some uh, videos on Facebook. I think Michael was doing uh, Facebook Live at the time, and he didn't get the woman, but I think he got everybody's reaction i mean she just you know like ingratiated herself to the group pulled them out and oh my god yeah yeah that's funny so, um that was that was did funny. anybody tip her any at all do you remember or was it just like huh okay roll them up done deal you know there was i was fairly drunk <laughs> but there was there was <laughs> laughter and then I remember her leaving. I don't. I don't think anybody tipped her. Yeah. Yeah. Bummer. I don't. I don't think anybody requested it either. Ooh. Okay. Well. You hey, know. Maybe it was it, just it, one of those. It just kind of. It just kind of happened. Um. But there was. Um. And this has nothing to do with Angela. But I. I just. <laughs> I was highly amused by this. There was a guy. Maybe he was. Twenty-two. Twenty-three. And he just picked out one of the girls that was in the group and he just like locked on and he was, um, he, he was trying hard. He was trying hard. And the woman we had just met her, um, she was not 23 (laughs) and (laughs) well said. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was, being entertained by him, I think. Uh, but her boyfriend was at the table. By the way, her boyfriend, like earlier in the day, won $75,000 in a blackjack tournament. Jesus, really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like she's walking around literally holding on to his trophy. And this guy is like hitting on her. Uh, so I, I think his name was Nick. I don't remember. So to that 23 year old kid who uh you know was like the little engine that could and kept trying kept trying um i i appreciate your confidence man that was that was something to behold good on you i love seeing that because i don't have that kind of yeah i was like hey you know what i'll take no for an answer walk away start somewhere else i i don't i don't have that perseverance so yes sir good on you well, after the 15th time, you know what? She never said no. That's the thing, right? Like if she ever said, no, I'm not interested, go away. Oh, and, okay. That changes and, it a little and, bit. And he didn't. Then, you know, somebody would have stepped in if he didn't just take the hint. Yeah. yeah. But she, I mean, she was kind of, you know, playing along a little bit. Hmm. But 
Yeah, that was uh, that was entertaining. Anyway, this has nothing to do with Angela, but I was just mentioning <laughs> yeah, I, I happened to have seen Angela last weekend. We had a wonderful time. We did a uh, little mini uh, high limit slot pull, and uh, Angela was in on that, and we all doubled our money. So um, oh, cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you, Angela. I'll see you in November. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to separate you, Angela, from the the titty story and the other stuff. I mean, that you know, maybe yeah, maybe that's you, you weren't part of the the whole group, but um, <laughs> nice to throw you in there, I suppose. I, I mean, she was there for it. <laughs> well, you can yeah. you can you can include her in the story. Sure, sure. I didn't. Uh, at no point did I insinuate she had anything to do with it. Anyway, cool, cool story. Glad we got a lot of good people that, uh, you know, again, we meet during this thing and um, emails like that, phone calls like this. Again, you know, please write us, you know, if you're too shy on the phone, VegasConfessionsPod at gmail.com and uh, be more than happy, you know, to, to have that out there. And can't wait to see you in November. I think that's going to be awesome. Oh, by the way, Teachers Convention Week in New Jersey is is a thing. It is a thing. It is. It oh. is. Uh, New Jersey has, um, I think, way more state workers as a percentage of the population as like any other state. Oh, and okay. teachers, they hold their convention in Atlantic City. Well, or at why, least they of used course to. they do. Why wouldn't they? Right. Yeah. So yeah. So there's yeah, like teacher like. Uh, travel out of Newark during Teachers Week is way more expensive than it is the week before or the week after. Yeah, and I hold no offense to anybody. To I mean, come on, I grew up in Montana, so if anybody has a smack to play, it's on it's on my side. My teacher education in Montana is uh, you know nil to none. I'm sure New Jersey is a hell of a lot better. Pretty positive of it, in fact. But yeah, one of these days. Oh, fun fact: Angela is a Spanish teacher. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when I get drunk downtown and need to speak Spanish with Angela there, I'll have somebody to talk to. <laughs> Touche, sir. Yeah. One of these days I will learn Spanish, being that I'm married to an Hispanic. I probably should because I feel kind of like a dirtbag. You know, her father is a great man and sometimes we'll get together as family and he'll start drinking, throwing a couple back and little by little he'll start leaving the English language and going into the Hispanic language and... In the beginning, I, I caught a lot of, you know, things that probably weren't very – if I knew what they said, I'd probably be pissed off. <laughs> but he thought he was kind of getting away with it. But uh, it would be nice to know, you know, one of those things. We keep that conversation going, I think. All right. So – one of the great things about Vegas, other than all the other great things about Vegas, which we talk about almost every single day, is the history. Uh, here on Vegas Confessions, we try and we try to bring you guys a smattering of a little bit of everything. Uh, but the one thing that will near and dear to our hearts and what we really look for that makes Vegas Vegas are the stories and the people who made it what it is. This next little segment is a little bit different. Sometimes we tell history, we kind of go down that rabbit hole. Um, this one here is kind of a story about a personal legacy and charm, but we wrote it a little bit different where we're not going to let you guys know who it is in the beginning. And as we kind of unfold everything, you know, you guys can kind of guess whenever and then towards the end to see who it is. Um, see when you have a good idea of that person. But honestly, if you listen to this podcast, you probably will guess pretty quickly who 
we were covering. Um, just kind of a little shape up, I think, of what we're doing. And uh, this is just one of the many stories and figures that we'll cover here. And there as the podcast continues to grow and hopefully, uh, you know, you guys grow with us. So here we go. And by all means, sir, you know, when you think you have an idea on your side, just, uh, I don't know, raise your hand. Like I can see that, but <laughs> let's, see what, let's see what that works on that side. <laughs> but should it's kind of cool. Sh- should, should I go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, there you go. Dang, do something like that. So born on June 7th, 1917 in Steubenville, Ohio, to Gaetano Alfonso Crossetti and Angela Crossetti, this legend made his appearance. He also had an older brother named William Alfonso Crossetti, who would grow up and become an engineer in his later years. Due to his Italian upbringing, it wasn't until the age of five when he learned to speak English. In 10th grade, he decided that he was smarter than most of the people around him, including his teachers, go figure. So Mr. Smarty Pants dropped out at 10th, on 10th grade, and thus began a life of jumping around from adventure to adventure. He tried his hand at bootlegging liquor, he became a blackjack dealer for a short time, and then at the age of 15 landed himself as a welterweight boxer by the name of Kid Crockett. He found out just how good he was at boxing with a broken nose, broken knuckles, and overall beat-to-shit body. Um, soon he figured out that that just wasn't the path he wanted to go down. So he quit boxing and went back to the sin side of life, working as a stick man at a roulette table for a fairly crooked casino. It was during that time when he decided to try his hand at singing. Now this, of course, being early in his singing career, he really didn't have a style. He, he really couldn't put his finger out. He knew he was good, but he just really didn't know how to pin it. So he was somewhat of a crooner. He eventually landed on a style that was similar to Harry Mills or Bing Crosby or Perry Como. Uh, But despite the comparison, the man truly had a voice of his own. Any ideas yet? Uh, I've got it narrowed down to two. Oh, well, that's not bad. Based, well, you know, based on the nationality of his real name, I I, I think I know who it is. Yeah. Well, and like I said, this is, uh, you know, pretty neat to see, but we'll, we'll go forth. Okay. He got a big break in the 1940s where he landed a singing gig with the band leader Sammy Watkins. He continued to sing for various bands throughout the 1940s, sometimes sucking and sometimes really being a big hit. In 1943, he flopped after he followed on a singer that he would later in his years become instantly attached to and just make history. In 44, he joined the Army. But this didn't last due to the medical issues, uh, so he was soon discharged. Trying to catch back up on his music career, he landed the attention of none other than Jerry Lewis. So they became quick friends and formed a comedy duo that would run until 1956. A 10-year run where they started their career by almost getting booed off the stage, but ending it with radio shows, movies together, and a lot more money and notoriety than they both had really wished they wanted when they started. They split due to critic rumors and an overall dissatisfaction of dealing with bad contracts, bad people among them, rumors, um, among everything else going on. Um, I think that gave it away. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure on that one. Yeah, I'll lay 10 to 1 odds on this one. (laughs) So it was not a friendly breakup to say the least. Uh, So in 57, he left to pursue his solo career. His first movie, 10,000 Bedrooms, was a flop. He still maintained his singing career, which was going well, 
but due to the music styles changing at the time and the era, his style of crooning was slowly finding its way to the back seat. He wanted to get out of the slapstick style acting and into more serious drama, so he landed roles in The Young Lions, uh, which became somewhat of a comeback for him. Uh, soon he was starring in movies such as Rio Bravo, The Sons of Katie Elder, and the movie Some Came Running, where he would rekindle his relationship with the singer who he met back in 43. He continued to star in other movies and would find himself running with the same pack of people in more than a few of them. Gradually, this relationship he would build with the same group of actors and singers would earn them a name from the press, and that name is infamous in Vegas history. His pack of performing full-grown kids, which is exactly really what they, what they were, would run Vegas through the ringer every time he and his group played there. The Sands was the mainstay. But during the years, they also played Riviera, Caesars, and Bally's, among others. Although it should be noted that he was the first to perform in Vegas back in the 40s at the Flamingo, which is one of the, talk about that all the time, one of the first ones out there on the Strip. And he would do that with his ex-partner, Jerry Lewis. So fun fact about this legend is that he couldn't read music. But despite his handicap, he recorded more than 100 albums in his career. One of his hits even knocked the Beatles song A Hard Day's Night out of the number one spot in 1964. Between 65 and 74, he had two TV shows that were a weekly variety show on NBC. One ran for eight years and one for one year, and both had one hell of a following. Just people loved him. He used a persona that he was known for as a half-drunk crooner and it worked like a charm. He even had a license plate on his car, which I didn't know this, it spelled drunky. So his show was usually always in the top 10, despite arguments sometimes from the censors where he would use off the cuff, obscene Italian phrases that people that spoke Italian, they would catch on to and they get all pissed off and ride into the station. Then something cool happened in 76, when he was a surprise guest on the Jerry Lewis telephone. It had been years since he talked to his former partner, Jerry, when they separated ways in 56, under not-so-friendly terms, which we kind of covered. Uh, so with Frank Sinatra introducing him on stage, he made a reconciliation to Jerry Lewis where both full-grown-ass men cried and hugged, and the world felt normal again, at least for that little bit of time. By the way, have you ever seen that? I mean, you probably got an idea of, of who I'm talking to, but pull that on YouTube if you get a chance. Yeah. It's, just, it's really kind of cool, i got to say. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I'm a fan. Yeah. His movie career continued as well as his singing career right into the 80s, where he continued to entertain on stage in his famous tuxedo and picked up roles in the movies like Cannibal 1 and 2. Alongside his partners from the past, Frank Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. It seemed like the Rat Pack, or at least some of them, were back in action and a welcome sight to behold during a completely different era. In 88, a tour was put together with Frank, Sammy, and himself, which not only was a comeback of sorts, but a way to try and help him work through the grief of the death of his son, who died in a jet crash a year prior. He joined Sammy Davis Jr. in his 60th anniversary celebration in 1989, which aired just a few short weeks before Sammy passed, and had his last few shows at the Bally's in Vegas in 1990, where he had his final reunion with his longtime friend, Frank Sinatra. Dean Martin, originally born Dino Paul Crossetti, passed on Christmas Day 1995 at the age of 78. Dean has left us with memories and good times that can never be duplicated and was part of a moment in time where our eyes glisten over as we remember the Rat Pack and all the ventures that they had. Vegas would not be Vegas without the love that Dean, as well as Joey Bishop, Frank Sinatra, Peter Lawford, 
and Sammy Davis Jr. poured into that tiny city in the desert. I feel like there should have been like a, a point countdown so that everybody could like slap a buzzer and lock in their score once they figured out <laughs> who you were talking about. I, I thought about that, yeah. Well, I'm sure as they're driving or listening or whatever they're doing, you know, it'll kind of come to them, you know, as it goes. But uh, this one kind of is a is a given. I mean, honestly, the first, God, the first paragraph, you go, oh, yeah, we kind of know who this is. And, you know, and I think we'll get a little bit more obtruse as we go, you know, people that maybe, you know, a lot of people that, maybe not us, but a lot of people that hear the Rat Pack name, honestly, they don't think of Peter Lawford and they don't think of Joey Bishop as part of that group. Like that, they were part of that group, but they Marilyn Monroe was part of that group. Like it, it expanded larger than really what the Rat Pack is as far as Vegas is orientated. You know, so we'll kind of we'll kind of go down that road and see kind of what it is. But uh, hopefully that's good for you guys. If if that's fun, like I said, write us. You know, Twitter us, whatever have you. Say hey, that was a little bit different with the history thing. Um, if we really pissed you off, we won't do it again. But figured we start there and see what we can do. Since when are you willing to stop when you really piss people off? <laughs> well, yeah, you, sir, you know me too well. Uh, yeah. You know, it's what people want. It is what it is. All right. Well, but, we still want to know if you like it or not. Exactly. Um, Wrap-ups on our side basically is just going to – the only one I have, man, is, you know, November. You know, it's everybody, go on Oceans14XL.com and uh, check out the vents. Check out the itinerary. Know kind of what we're doing. Know the scooter thing. Um, I will probably be at a pie gout table at the plaza. Feel free to join me if you're not scootering. Mm. Um, I'll gift you on yeah. that pie gout. That's, that's my game. I can do that. Although, do they okay. have a pie gout table there? They do, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. It's actually a $10 pie gout table. Oh, nice. That means we can sit so, there for at least three, four hours and just fuck off. You, <laughs> you could buy in for 50 bucks, have 12 <laughs> drinks, and still have chips in front of you three, four hours later, most likely. <laughs> right, right. But that's all I got on my side, man. Hopefully that was good. And again, you know, our, uh, you know, we missed our, our partner crime on this one, but, um, you know, we threw some good content out there, so... We uh we we love him in memory. Not that he's dead, but it makes it sound like that, I suppose. And we'll go forth. You know, it's not ideal sometimes when we got people from three different time zones trying to make this work. But uh, yeah, let us know. And um, you got anything on your side, man? Uh, I just want to mention the uh, Biloxi trip, November thirtieth to December second. Uh, that's starting to come together. Uh, we do have an itinerary. We're not really like pushing this until after, uh, the November trip, but if you are interested in joining us either in new Orleans or in Biloxi, uh, reach out to me. I'll add you to the group. Um, we got a small group. We probably have about 10 people, maybe a little bit more that are going. It's perfect. Uh, It's going to be a good time. And, um, Yeah. People are starting to chime in. They bought their tickets. They're booked at the hotel. Um, And, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, a number of people that'll be on this trip that'll be with us in Vegas. So I'm not the only one that's like all over the country all the time. So come join us. It'll be a good time. That's cool. That's cool. You know, and the reality is we're slowing down. Wintertime's coming. You know, we're trying to squeeze these in as we go. So, uh, you know, we can spend time with family because we have to. 
Ugh. And we'll go from there. Uh, anyway, that's all I got. I hope you guys enjoy Vegas Confessions, episode 28. Uh, cheers. Cheers. It's been a hard day is night, and I've been working. A boy went back to Napoli, because he missed the scenery, the native dances and the charming songs. But wait a minute, something's wrong. Italiano, hey, hey, mambo, mambo Italiano, go, go, go. You mixed up a Siciliano, all you calabrese do the mambo like a crazy with it. Hey, mambo, don't wanna taratala, hey, hey, mambo, no more mozzarella, hey, mambo, mambo Italiano, try an angelada with the fish and bacala, and then hey, goomba, my love, how you dance to rumba. But take some advice, Paisano Learn how to mambo If you're gonna be a square You ain't gonna go nowhere Hey, mambo Mambo Italiano Hey, mambo Mambo Italiano Go, go, Joe Shake it like a Giovanna Hello, kiss it, did you? You get happy in the pizza When you mambo Italiano You don't have to go to the school Choose to make it with a beat the bambino It's like a vino Kid, you good looking But you don't know what you're cooking Do you? Hey, mambo Mambo Italiano Hey, mambo Mambo Italiano Ho, ho, ho You mixed up a Siciliano Hello, kiss a DJ You get happy in the pizza When you mambo Italiano